0: This is Value Nigeria with Ajibola. It's another beautiful new week, and I'd just like to say welcome to today's episode. Before today, we've discussed various foundational topics, things that I feel would have been beneficial to us, even as we strike out into learning what value investing is. It's been really humbling listening to all the feedback that we've gotten. I started this podcast out of just a bid to share some knowledge and I never knew it would have this much impact on the listeners. Thank you very much for listening. Your feedback has been really humbling and really encouraging. If you've not listened to all the previous episodes, I encourage you to take some time to do just that. Everything we've discussed before now is the foundation on which we'll be building further discussions on. We've in no way exhaustively discussed everything foundational. If we wanted to dwell on foundational topics, there are still lots of things that we would have loved to share. But I feel it's high time we moved on to discussing the key issues even in value investing. Now, value investing is not something new. It's a school of thought about investing that was um, first postulated by Benjamin Graham. Uh, He wrote his seminal books, the Intelligent Investor, Security Analysis in the 1930s and 1940s, there about. Um And those books are still very relevant today. Many people have come along, have um, you know been schooled by Benjamin Graham. They've adopted this way of thinking about investments and they've blessed the truth. People like Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger, Lots and lots of people have shown that value investing really is the way to go when you talk about investing. Charlie Munger has this very popular quote. He said, all good investing is value investing. Today's episode, we'll be talking about what value investing is and what it isn't. Now, value investing is a fundamental way of thinking about investing. It's a school of thought about investing. And it simply means that you understand an asset enough to be able to determine its value. And once you determine its value, you buy that asset at a price that is well below that value. That is all value investing is. There are a few components of that definition that I've just shared. The first thing is that you understand the asset well enough without understanding that asset it's difficult to practice any form of value investing in that asset with building your knowledge about the asset you can then have enough confidence in your valuations okay you can then go on to value that asset and once you've put a value on that asset you then aim to buy that asset at a price that is well below the value you've ascribed to the asset the reason why understanding the asset is really, really key is because without understanding that asset, it will be impossible to put a value on that asset. Now, let's take an example. Let's um, assume we have a real estate expert who has many years of experience in real estate in the, let's say, in the California region of United States. So he understands that market really well. He knows the prices of the land in every region in california he knows where to get the cheap lands he knows who the sellers who the buyers are he knows how much it costs to build a house and he can value houses properly in california let's assume we bring that same expert to lagos nigeria and you tell him okay i want to build i want to buy a house how much should i buy this house now though he understands the market in america it will be A big fallacy, and it would be a mistake for him to value houses in Lagos in exactly the same way he values houses in America. If he tries to do that, he will probably be overpaying for the assets, and you know that wouldn't be a value invest, that wouldn't be an investment along the lines of value investing at all. So, you need to understand that asset, not just understand the asset alone, you need to understand even the geographical location where that asset is in so if you are buying let's say assuming you are buying stocks in nigeria the attitude the way you will value stocks in nigeria is very different from the way you would value stocks in america or in in the united kingdom the principles may remain the same however certain metrics will definitely change there will be certain differences in the way you will value it and you can't just bring knowledge from investing in american stocks to try and make money in nigerian stocks you need to understand the nigerian climb and the nigerian climate well enough and the same vice versa you can't take knowledge from nigeria and just say you want to start using it to invest in america you need to understand their market the understanding parts of value investing is very very key because without it valuation is skewed and without valuation value investing is impossible value investing as i said it's a fundamental way of thinking about investments okay not everybody will be a value investor not everybody will agree with the school of thought of value investing now the principles of value investing applies not just to equities not just to stocks it can apply to any form of investing you can think of is it bond investing is it real estate investing is investing in artworks or you know is investing in music whatever it is as long as you understand it well enough to be able to value it you can practice value investing in that field value investing is just simply understand it value it buy it below its value that's simply what value investing is Value investing as a strategy seeks to make the most of market inefficiencies by buying undervalued companies and um, not necessarily cheap companies. So there's a difference between buying a cheap company and buying an undervalued company. Let's take an example. A bank like FCMB, First City Monument Bank, presently goes for about 2 Naira 80 or 2 Naira 90 Kobo thereabouts. And You compare it to another bank say zenith bank that presently goes for about 22 naira assets you know today the fact that fcmb is cheaper than zenith bank on a per share basis does not mean that fcmb is an undervalued stock as compared to zenith bank there's a big difference between an asset being cheap and that asset being undervalued The value is not a function of the price of the stock on the stock exchange, okay? A stock price may be low while the valuation may be high, while a stock price may be high while its intrinsic value may be very low as compared to that price. So there's a difference between buying a cheap stock and buying an undervalued stock. As value investors, we don't buy cheap stocks, we buy undervalued stocks. I said earlier that value investing tends to take advantage of market inefficiencies. There is a school of thought uh, that um, calls the efficient market hypothesis. What that school of thought simply states is that the market is efficient at all times. It is impossible for the value of stocks to differ from the prices of the stocks that we see on the stock exchange. Now, let me explain a little further about what that school of thought actually means. The school of thought um, believes that all information that is needed to value a stock or an asset appropriately is present in the public space okay so it's accessible to everyone so everybody that is a participant in the market has access to all the information that is necessary to put a proper value on an asset So there's the internet, we have access to the company results, we have access to news and happenings about the economy. And with all that, the efficient market hypothesis states that people would put all that information together and then appropriately price the asset. Now, the efficient market hypothesis also assumes that people are rational in their thinking. So people have all that information they think about it rationally and using their rational and conscious mind they can put an appropriate price on the assets that way it is impossible for the price of the assets on the stock exchange or on on the market to be different from the underlying value of that asset there's a huge assumption in this efficient market hypothesis and that assumption is that people act rationally Unfortunately, when it comes to money, when it comes to investing, when it comes to anything that has to do with money, people act very differently from being rational. People bring in emotions into things. The emotions of fear and the emotions of greed creep in and that clouds their judgment. And unfortunately, or fortunately for us as value investors, they tend to act irrationally. And it is that irrationality that leads to market inefficiencies that the value investors seek to exploit. Now let me just give a few examples of these emotions of greed and fear bringing irrationality into the market and leading the market to become inefficient. The first example I'll quote is um, fear. Let's look back to March of 2020. That was when the... COVID pandemic hit the rest of the world gradually after moving on from China where it started. When it hit Nigeria, there was a lot of uncertainty. There was a lot of fear. People didn't understand what the virus was. Businesses were shut down. Lockdowns were, you know, called. And there was a lot of fear in the system. And because of this fear, people acted irrationally. They were worried, okay, how will this coronavirus affect companies? How would it affect the businesses that I own? Maybe these businesses would not be able to generate a profit at the end of the year. Okay, if they are not generating a profit, it's better I sell my investment. And we saw a lot of sell pressure on the floor of the Nigerian Stock Exchange. Most people were selling their shares. And because of this huge sell pressure, we saw it crash in the prices of equities. Off the top of my head, we had equities like... Um, guarantee trust bank it dropped from a price of about 30 naira dropped to 16 naira a low of 16 naira we saw zenith bank dropping from a price of about 22 naira dropped down to about 10 naira 70 cobalt, About due to the fear that was in the market it led to the markets acting irrationally and as the market acted irrationally there was some inefficient market meaning that the prices of equities dropped well below the intrinsic value of these companies. That was a good buying opportunity for value investors as prices dropped below value. Value investors were able to buy a lot of undervalued equities at that point. The next example I'm going to give is an example about greed. Back in 2008, there was a bull market. A bull market just means that prices were going up. There were lots of you know people making a lot of money in the stock exchange. And there was a lot of greed in the system. Any stock you bought you know, appreciated in price. And people were really eager to buy things. And we saw a lot of companies. Companies that were defunct. Companies that were out of production. Companies that had been closed down. Whose stocks were still listed on the stock exchange. We saw companies like that appreciating in price 100%, 200%. People were making lots of money and this was driven by greed. Because there was a lot of greed, there was a lot of money chasing equities and a huge demand which outstripped supply led to rising prices of equities. Now, the prices rose so high that it went far above the intrinsic value of these companies. So those are just two instances that I've given. There are lots more, loads of examples I could give where the emotions of fear and greed can influence the market and make the market inefficient. As a value investor, we want to be buying when there's a lot of fear, when people are selling equities at giveaway prices. That's when we want to buy. In other words, the market acts efficiently most of the time. Most of the time, the efficient market hypothesis holds true, people are rational, people have all the information and the price stocks or the price assets appropriately. However, when emotions of fear and greed are let loose, the market becomes inefficient and this leaves loopholes for the value investor to exploit. The last point I'm just going to make as we gradually bring this episode even to a, to a close is that value investing is both an art and is science. Now, what I mean by that is that the science beat, as long as certain conditions hold true, this holds true as well. It's just like, you know, when you say uh, as long as standard temperature and pressure holds true, the volume of a gas remains constant, okay? So... It's the same thing too with with value investing. There are constants in value investing. There are things to calculate. There are things that will not change. You know there are calculations to it. There is a science. There is a method to the madness of them um, value investing. Quote unquote. However, due to the fact that we are all humans and our emotions as well take a role in value in investing, there is an art to value investing the art is the part that cannot be evaluated numerically it cannot be calculated it cannot be estimated correctly as in precisely so basically today's episode was just an introduction into what value investing is value investing we have said is the school of thought of investing in which an asset is thoroughly understood and using your knowledge you are able to put a value on that asset And after valuing that asset, you aim to buy that asset at a price that is well below its intrinsic value. Thank you very much for listening. I hope today's episode was pretty interesting or pretty educative for you. I'll leave some links in the show notes through which you can access books and materials that I feel will be helpful for you even as we both study and learn about value investing. Please keep your feedback coming i long to i love to hear from you thank you very much for your time this morning do have a beautiful week ahead bye